Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, where we help you bring balance in your life and live to your fullest potential with your host, Gretchen Smith. Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast. If this is your first time visiting, we're happy to have you. And if you're returning, I want to thank you so much for coming back and listening to another episode. Today's episode is quite timely given the status of current events in the world with the pandemic and quarantine. We will be discussing all kinds of stress relief and stress management techniques and tips tips and tools that you can take away and apply to your own life to help you with any stress that you may be enduring. So I want to start off today uh, with talking about a few stats. I found these quite interesting. Now, again, these stats aren't necessarily completely up to date with what's going on in the world with our pandemic situation. And as I'm recording, it's actually just the beginning of May. So let's start off with a few stats. 43% of adults suffer adverse health effects from stress. That's a whopping number. And 77% of people regularly experience physical symptoms caused by stress. And 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits are stress-related ailments and or complaints. That is staggering. That's almost all of them. So you can see that stress is really affecting the American lifestyle. And it's actually one of the most overlooked, in my opinion, areas of concern as far as health goes. I don't think we've shed enough light on it, to be quite honest with you. I want to advise you to also check out our last episode if you haven't already listened to it, which is on how to get grounded well in quarantine, because I believe there's a lot of great takeaways in that episode that can help you with your stress management process. So for me, stress is quite real and quite personal. And as a matter of fact, I want to tell you that it's quite ironic that I'm doing this episode here on stress management because I actually recorded the entire episode over about two days and went to save everything. I was completely done with it last night. And wouldn't you know it, uh, the computer didn't want to cooperate with me and I lost all of it. So I was a bit, you know, stressed out about that. I wasn't very happy about it. And then Next thing you know, the keyboard's not working, and today I'm going to redo it. Um, Keyboard is working, mouse is functioning kind of funny. I think it's a bit ironic how here I am doing an episode on stress management, and I was about at my wits end last night. But I'm recovered, I'm recouped, and we're ready to rock and roll. Stress is very, very personal to me. I've had it show up in many ways in my life. I actually led an extremely high stress lifestyle for the majority of my life. My career was extremely high stress. I was basically on call 24-7. Even on my vacation, I was expected to answer the phone and return emails if I was within cell phone range or had access to my phone. Believe it or not, I was actually spoken to quite harshly by my boss for not replying to an email while I was on vacation in Hawaii. That should have been my first signal that this job is a bit too high stress and has some ridiculous demands that wouldn't bode me well in a healthy lifestyle. But I stayed within that career for about 25 years. And then in addition to that, I had a very high stress personal life as well. 
Unfortunately, I underwent a lot of trauma and just really tragic events that took place in my life. So coupled together, it was very difficult. Although I have to say, I thought I was managing it quite well. I was extremely good at compartmentalizing things, and I thought I was a master of my own stress management. Now, back to my career, it was very interesting because it seemed like the more that you had on your plate, the more you were doing, the more busy you were, the more stressed out you were, the bigger, the more impressive, high caliber individual you were in that industry. Well, let me just say that I watched it play out and I also watched one colleague suffer a stroke. I also experienced another one have a heart attack and die. So stress is very real. Now, I do have to give credit to this past career because it was really where my spiritual journey opened up. And that was actually not all that long ago, probably about six years ago, five, six years ago, when I had to do a lecture on a book that we were all reading, believe it or not. We um, actually had a book club within our senior management levels. And the book was Thrive by Ariana Huffington which is basically about national burnout and the stress epidemic and how it is impacting all of us. In that book, she specifically spoke about meditation, and that really took a real resonance within myself, and I started exploring meditation. We had the opportunity to do a retreat later for our senior management level, and in that retreat, myself and a colleague asked a professor from UCLA to come and speak to us that's a meditation instructor. That was my aha moment. I was absolutely fascinated with meditation and I knew it had some great benefits, but I always had the belief, and this is a myth, that when you meditate, you don't have any thoughts. When I realized I actually could meditate, my whole world turned upside down. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So are you stressed out? How are you doing right now? Things are so crazy. Well, if you're not sure if you're stressed out or how you're experiencing stress, here's a few questions to ask yourself. Do you catch yourself saying, I'm so stressed out? That should be a good dead giveaway. Or are you saying, I'm so busy, I'm too busy? Again, this isn't a badge of honor, so be aware of those words. Are you juggling too many balls and are things dropping off your plate? Are you dropping or forgetting to do some very important things in your life? Recently, has someone told you that you needed to learn how to relax? Or are you short-fused? Perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed right now. Or do you procrastinate to do regular activities like paying bills or things around the house? Are you using poor coping strategies? We'll dive into this a little bit later. Are you looking for caffeine or sugar to get through the day or maybe even alcohol? All right, so if any of those things resonate with you, that may lead you to understand that you are having a little bit of a challenge with your stress coping mechanisms. That may lead you to understand that stress is showing up in your life. So there are six main categories for stress. Some of the categories do tend to overlap, so let's take a look at those. I'm gonna say number one, probably right now with everyone in America, is money. American Psychological Association, the APA, says 72% of adults report feeling stressed out about money, and that's whether it's worrying about paying rent or feeling bogged down by debt. In today's society, it may even just be worried about having enough money to put food on the table. It's quite serious. 
Career and job lines right up there with money. These are very uncertain times and we're very concerned about our careers, our job, and money, and it may be causing stress in your life. Transition such as loss, a loss of a loved one, loss of a career, moving, divorce, any type of change is also a main stressor category. Relationships, relationships. Relationships are definitely a key category, and that could be your relationship with your spouse, that could be your relationship with your children, your boss, or any other individuals in your life. Personal power is also a category for main stress, as well as health, and that includes your own personal health and well-being, as well as health of others, or perhaps you're even a caregiver for somebody that's having a stress with health right now. All right, so I'd like to take an opportunity to dive in some of the stress side effects that we may be experiencing. If you're under a lot of stress, you may be short-fused and you may not have any patience. You may also be experiencing some high energy or be very fidgety. Low energy can also be a sign of stress in your life. It just depends on the individual. Headaches, difficulty sleeping, tired, lethargic, Those are all signs and side effects of stress that might be showing up in your life. Erectile dysfunction, lightheadedness, heart rate increasing, palpitations, those are all side effects as well. Those are some short-term side effects of stress. Now, we have some that will be both short-term and or long-term side effects of stress. Erectile dysfunction, menstrual cycle irregularity. Did you know that stress is the main cause of 30% of, of infertility problems? That's a staggering number. Type 2 diabetes can also be a result of long-term stress, blood pressure issues, low immune system, inflammatory issues such as inflammatory diseases and or syndromes as well. Digestive issues may be a result of long-term stress, including ulcers, insomnia, and depression and anxiety disorders can also be a long-term side effect of stress fatigue and insomnia. So let's get into that just a little bit. Fatigue and insomnia. So yeah, you can be really tired or you can be really wound up. It just depends on the individual how the stress is going to manifest itself in your body. Some people become extremely lethargic and become lazy and even slip into depression while others are absolutely wound up. They can't sleep. So it could be showing up either way. Impaired brain function is also a side effect of long-term stress. This can even include dementia. There have been some studies that tie stress to dementia. Unfortunately, some of these issues can worsen to the point of heart attack, heart issues, stroke, or even death. So stress is quite serious. I'd also like to discuss estrogen dominance and increased cortisol. So increased cortisol is how stress was showing up in my life. And let me tell you a little bit about this story and why I think it's so important that we really pay attention to our body and we understand how stress is taking place in our bodies and in our life. So for me, increased cortisol is how stress finally manifested itself in my body. I had absolutely no idea this was taking place. As a matter of fact, like I said earlier, I thought I was the master of my stress. I thought I was extremely good at processing it. I was calm. You couldn't tell on the outside outside necessarily that I was extremely stressed out, nor did I necessarily feel I was handling it very poorly. So in my case, I was under stress for many, many years. 
I started noticing that my weight was starting to change a little bit. Now, my eating habits were essentially the same as they always had been. My exercise was essentially the same. There weren't really any other outside factors that I thought were taking place or you know, happening and and causing this weight gain. But each time I went to the doctor's office, noticed I was packing on a couple more pounds. It eventually got to the point where I was extremely concerned because it was happening more rapidly and I couldn't put my finger on what was taking place. Long story short, my hormones were completely out of whack. In addition to that, my cortisol was off the chart. I had absolutely no idea this was taking place in my body. It was the weight gain that really prompted me to seek attention and find out what was going on in my body. Now, why is increased cortisol and estrogen dominance so important? Well, of course you have the ability to gain weight, but you also have side effects from that, which may be acne, thinning skin, bruising easy, flushed face, But you may also experience more serious things such as slow healing, muscle weakness, severe fatigue, difficulty concentrating, high blood pressure, headaches, pituitary issues, adrenal issues, tumors, Cushing's syndrome, stroke, or even heart issues. So I just really want you to be aware of that and pay attention to your body and seek medical treatment if at all necessary. All right. Stress necessarily wasn't supposed to be a bad thing. As a matter of fact, it was supposed to be a good thing. A stress reaction was initially supposed to be a good thing. It would help us be safe if we were out in the wilderness foraging for food and stumbled upon a saber-toothed tiger. Blood flow would then rush out to our muscles and our heart and we would escape the threat, right? So that's fight or flight. The body prepares to defend itself. But did you know that after we go through this experience of flight or fight, it actually takes about 90 minutes for the metabolism to return to normal when the response is over. So you can see if you were bombarded with little threats and fires and stressful moments throughout your day that you could find yourself caught up in this fight or flight for quite a long time. The threats are different and much more frequent than is good for us these days. We have a lot of prompting events in our life like job loss, transitions, unsurmountable demands, health crises, but beware please. And then we start seeking crutches to help us through the stressful moments or stressful days. Those short-term relief crutches may be something that can cause us a long-term effect. So let's dive into that. Comfort foods, for instance, they make us feel good while we're eating them. We love the temporary effect. And that might be things like sugar, carbs, all that good, yummy stuff. But did you know that sugars or carbs, which turn to sugar, actually have an inflammatory effect on our body? Okay, so why is that a bad thing? Well, the inflammatory state makes it very difficult for our body to deal with the stress that's taking place in our system. Another short-term crutch is alcohol. Alcohol encompasses both stimulating and sedative effects. So while it may be a little bit calming, it can also be a little bit stimulating at the same time, which makes it very difficult for our body to unwind. Caffeine can also be a crutch. Now, this was my crutch of choice, if you will. And caffeine is fine in moderation, but when you start drinking a lot of it, or if you take it into the later hours in the day, again, it makes it very difficult for a body to have homeostasis 
and be able to unwind and sleep well. Smoking is also a stimulant. Sex can also be a short-term relief. It provides us with endorphins and we feel really good afterwards, but of course it can become addictive as well. Now, you may not think of this as a stress relief, but sleeping too much, being lazy, bin watching, that can all be a short-term relief for stress. We want to be very mindful of it because we don't want to slip into a pattern in this area. Okay, so those are some of the more unproductive, temporary short-term crutches that we can utilize for stress, but I don't recommend it. We want to swing more towards the healthy coping mechanisms. So let's get into those. Healthy coping mechanisms would be good nutrition. I know that doesn't sound exciting. Healthy protein, preferably lean meat, organic, grass-fed. That's excellent for the body. Fruits, vegetables, healthy fats, plenty of water. Now, I want to recommend, again, I mentioned organic, and that is for a very specific reason. When we're under a state of stress, our body has a hard time dealing with the inflammation, the free radicals, and so on. So we want to have food that's really good for us, high in nutrition. Our body actually needs very nutritious food. We don't get a lot of the essential nutrients, vitamins that we used to get. Unfortunately, our soils depleted and or we have chemicals sprayed on them for fertilization or to get rid of bugs and so on. So if we can get organic, that's even better for our body. It eliminates some of those free radicals that might be out there. In addition to that, a great way to start off your day is with lemon water. I spoke about adding water to your day and that is very important, but lemon water is a great way to start out because you're getting that boost of vitamin C, antioxidants, or hydrating our body. As a matter of fact, a study from the Journal of Nutrition found that if we are 1% below optimal hydration, we can have headaches, loss of focus, and fatigue. So it's a very important thing to be hydrated. Exercise is a great way to release that pent-up stress that we have in our body. It gives us a boost of those feel-good endorphins. It helps with mood regulation. And of course, it helps you sleep better. As far as exercise goes, try to find something that you enjoy. I personally really enjoy my treadmill. It's a great outlet for me, and it's something that works for me. I often find that if you don't have something that you really enjoy, you'll steer away from exercise. And exercise comes in various forms. Forms, swimming, walking, hiking, as well as yoga. And I want to touch on yoga for just a moment. I feel like yoga is a two for one. In other words, you get a little bit of exercise as well as it really helps you focus on your body and your breath and the whole connection. Okay, let's change gears a little bit to the outdoors. I'm a huge, huge fan for many reasons when it comes to getting yourself outside. Again, if you haven't caught the podcast on grounding that we did last week, check it out because there are so many wonderful benefits to being outside and being grounded when it comes to stress relief. But I wanted to touch today on oxygen. We're getting a great intake of healthy air and oxygen when we're outdoors. We talked about the grounding, but we're also getting some sunlight and sunlight increases the brain serotonin. It's a hormone associated with mood boosting and helping a person feel calm and alert. So I really love the outdoors. Sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to squeeze in the outdoors. So if you're working and you can take a break and do a little stroll around the parking lot, around the block, or even go outside for your lunch break, I think that's a great way to start incorporating the outdoors into your everyday routine. 
I also want to address self-care. Sometimes self-care can be a little counterintuitive. We're stressed out. We're so busy. We don't have time to take care of ourselves. But I'm telling you, you've got to make the time. You have to find the time to really practice some self-good care. Because if you're not in good shape, if you're not in good health, you can't take care of others. We've got to keep our body healthy. So some great self-care ideas are relaxing bath, maybe with some Epsom salt, get that magnesium in there, help calm your body, soothe your body, add a few essential oils to your bath, or just use essential oils in general because they're quite relaxing. Maybe go for a pedicure, a massage, do a little reading, cooking, or a hobby like painting, pottery, baking. They're all wonderful outlets for stress. So take some time for yourself. Let's go back real quick to the essential oils. So here are some scents that can really help affect your mood and calm you down and liven you up a little bit. Bergamot is one of my favorites. It's a great mood booster. Rose, lavender, jasmine, lemongrass, and geranium are all great essential oils for helping you bring in a little bit of relaxation into your day. You can use those in many forms. You can use a spray and spray it throughout the house. Like I said before, you can put the essential oil in your bath water. You can sprinkle a little lavender on your pillow at night. Um, So there's many different forms of essential oils and many different ways that you can use them. Now I want to put a little plug in here for Rolling Meadow Naturals and they have some lovely products. I really like their linen spray. It's packed full of essential oils and you know it's great for meditation. It's also great for just spraying in the air when you want to have some calming scents or you know you could spray it on your sheets. It does say linen spritz on it but there's just many different ways that you can incorporate that into your everyday life and really help the environment be a little bit more calming and peaceful. They also have other great essential oil products and natural products that they offer as well, such as soaps, lotions, deodorants, things of that nature. So check out Rolling Meadow Naturals for that. Okay, here's something I want you to really consider, the ego. Our ego can really get us all wrapped up in stress. And it's really important that we just let go of our ego. It's okay to ask for some help. And it's a great practice to delegate. So look for opportunities to reach out and ask for a little bit of help. Don't let your ego get in the way. Also look for those opportunities to delegate. Okay, so I absolutely love teas. And one of my go-tos is lemon balm. Absolutely love lemon balm chamomile, peppermint, and green tea are all wonderful calming teas. They provide great antioxidants and other benefits for our body. Okay, let's roll back to lemon balm. Lemon balm is a great tea, but I also use it in a tincture. So it's available in various forms. If you're looking for something a little bit more fun and lively, music is an amazing way to reduce the stress in your life. High vibe music that moves you and makes you want to dance and sing is a great way to have a little fun and break up the monotony of the day, reducing your stress. Have you guys ever heard of laughter yoga? It's a thing. It's a real thing. So you've heard of laughter is the best medicine or laughter is a great medicine. It's definitely one of my go-tos. I absolutely love something that's going to make me 
me laugh. And it really does lighten the mood. It helps you break down the stress. I'm not suggesting necessarily that uh, you do laughter yoga, but find opportunities in your day where you can just kick back and relax and have a little bit of fun and laughter. Look, laughter yoga is such a thing that there's over 5,000 clubs worldwide. Another great outlet or help when it comes to stress and anxiety is actually chewing gum. And that may seem a little bit strange, and we don't have the science behind it yet, but we do know that when we're in a state of stress, we're not able to produce saliva. Now, chewing gum helps us with that. So it's great to use if you're a little bit stressed out or you're experiencing some anxiety, kind of trick the body into thinking that everything is okay or calm or safe. So it's also a great thing to use for certain situations, such as I had a client that I recommended to make sure that she had some gum on the airplane with her when she was traveling because she had a lot of anxiety when it came to lying. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and explore breath work. Now, here's a lovely technique. I really like it and it just works. It just works so well. And that is when we're experiencing a moment of stress or anxiety, we incorporate some breathing into our day. And I just want to say it doesn't have to necessarily be in the moment that we're experiencing the stress or anxiety. As a matter of fact, we could set little alarms on our phone and we could do this whatever interval works for you. So what I recommend is that you take a nice good breath in and then on the exhale, we create a longer exhale. So in and then out for a longer duration. It again is one of those lovely little tricks that teaches our nervous system or tells our nervous system that we're okay, we're safe, we're not in a state of stress and it helps the body work to calm us down. Along the lines of breath work is mindfulness and meditation. Did you know that 100% of the time we are either in our thoughts focused on the past, the present, or the future. Well, not only 100% of the time are we focused on the past, the present, or the future, the majority of the time we're actually stuck in the past or worrying about the future. We're back in the past worrying about past events that have happened and worrying about what could happen to us in the future. We're creating these future-focused stories about what could happen what might happen, but it hasn't happened yet, but we're worrying about it. We're creating these crazy stories in our minds. A lot of those thoughts that we're having on a daily basis, the majority of them, as a matter of fact, is useless. It's completely useless. It's nothing productive. It's nothing helping us. But I want you to just take a moment throughout your day, be very mindful of what you're thinking about. And then what category does it fall in? Is it past? things that have happened in the past? Is it more future focused, worrying about things that we need to do and putting stress into our lives about things that haven't even happened yet? If we can focus and if we can shift our thought process and be more mindful of what is actually happening in our present state, we will watch our stress fall away. There is so much power in being mindful and reducing the stress in our life. I really can't even stress it enough. Well, I guess that's a pun on words there. But there's really something behind being here now or even The Power of Now, which those are two great books, Ram Dass and his Be Here Now or Eckhart Tolle's book Power of Now. Those are great reads that I highly recommend, but there is so much power in being present. And let's talk a little bit about mindfulness. 
So mindfulness is that practice of being fully present and fully aware of what you're doing, what you do, what you see, what you feel, what you smell, what you hear, and being fully aware without distraction or judgment. So how do you do that? How do you become mindful? Well, some great tips for just starting out and being more mindful in your life would be practicing brushing your teeth with the opposite hand. You see, A lot of things that we do in our day-to-day, we do it so frequently and so often we're not even aware of what we're doing. And when we switch it up a little bit and we have to put some thought into it and we have to really be present, it really opens up a whole new avenue to our mind. We can also start with a body scan. That's a great technique for starting out with mindfulness. So you can start at the top of your head, focusing on your body, how your body feels, working your way down to your shoulders. Often by the time we get to our shoulders, we'll realize that we have a little bit of stress that we're carrying there and we need to let it go. Or further down your body, into your arms and your your trunk and your legs. Assess your body and see where you're holding stress, where you can relax, how your body feels. And another great area to focus on is your breath and how you're breathing. So just take a moment and pause every day. Are you taking short breaths? We tend to take really short breaths when we're in a stress state. So just be very aware of your breaths and your breathing pattern. And are you breathing short? Or are you taking nice, calm, full breaths? Speaking of breath work, Let's explore meditation. Ariana Huffington says meditation is a reboot for your brain and your soul. And I have to agree. There are so many amazing benefits when it comes to meditation. Meditation will help you decrease your stress, your inflammation in your body, your blood pressure, manage pain, improve sleep, control your thoughts, enhance self-awareness, improve mood. We can also reverse brain patterns of worry, stress, and poor attention. You may become more kind and compassionate as well. As I talked about earlier, when I had the eye-opening experience of studying Thrive by Ariana Huffington and the experience with the meditation instructor that came out from UCLA, and I learned more about meditation meditation, I absolutely fell in love with it. And to the point where I actually became a meditation instructor, I just can't say enough good things about this practice. Now, know that there are many types of meditation and they all work. I'm not going to get into the details of each type, but any type you choose to work with, whether that be uh, mantra based or kundalini or whatever you choose, they all have an amazing benefit. Now, here's one of the myths of meditation. A lot of people believe that if you're meditating, you don't have thoughts. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is incorrect. You're going to continue to have thoughts, but the practice and the art of meditation is simply being able to recognize that you're having a thought and then letting it go until you again recognize you're having a thought and you let it go. Eventually, you'll have little moments where you will not have a thought. And that is amazing. That's exactly where you want to get to. Here are some wonderful benefits of meditation. It costs nothing, absolutely nothing. And you can do it just about anywhere. As a matter of fact, I used to go into my office real early in the morning. Nobody even knew I was there. 
I would meditate for 30 to 40 minutes, and then at my regular time, I would flip on the lights and I would be ready to start my day. This helped me tremendously. It really helped me rid myself of the stress of the two-hour commute coming in. It helped me gear up for my day. I was much more level-headed. I was focused, and I really felt like I had control of my day going forward. But you can do meditation on a train, you can do it on a plane, you can do it when waiting for children to be done with their sports or picking them up from school. Wherever you can find an opportunity to sit down and meditate is a great opportunity to have. There are great places that you can learn meditation. I'm a meditation instructor and I'm so passionate about the benefits that I'm always willing to take on new clients so you can reach out to me. But you can also try YouTube for some great guided meditations or there are apps out there that are really great to get you started such as Headspace, Calm, or Aura. One thing that will really help you with your meditation is to be consistent, if you can, having some sort of routine. So finding that perfect time of day really helps you keep in your routine as well as finding a nice space to do it, if you can. Also, it's important to let others know that you're going to go and meditate. So turn off the phone and let them know so that you're not interrupted. But again, any place you can find to do it is better than nothing at all. One amazing stat that I'd like to introduce you to regarding meditation is that meditation can help reduce the wake time of people with insomnia by 50%. And that leads me back to sleep. So when we're stressed out, our body is really busy just battling what is going on inside that we may not even be aware of. And that's why it's so important that we get adequate sleep. Again, not too much to the state that we're becoming lazy and lethargic, but we want to make sure that we have adequate sleep so that our body can fight off whatever's going on internally. All right, I want to segue into something completely different, which is limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs can actually put upon us a great deal of stress and we may not even be aware of it because limiting beliefs are ideas or beliefs, even values that some may hold that are put upon us throughout our life. It may be your family. It may be somebody that was very important to you that put upon these limiting beliefs or even society expectations, such as if you're a male, that you must be the breadwinner or perhaps Money is the root of all evil. Have you heard that one? Or I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. It might be race, religion, sex, or other things. Or simply you're not good enough or you're not worthy. Or perhaps it's that you feel that your family won't approve of something in your life. And those things may be causing you stress that you're not even fully engaged with. Another area of stress can be unreasonable goals. And this is something that we actually may be putting upon ourselves as well. Or perhaps it is the result of a limiting belief. But that would be something along the lines of you're just simply putting too much on your plate every day. Or perhaps it's your career that you feel that you need to be doing something more lofty in your life with your career. Or that you're expected to be a doctor or a lawyer when you really when you're real desire is to be an artist. Another unreasonable goal is perhaps just having it all. You want to have it all. You want to have the white picket fence, material things, so on and so forth. And perhaps that's just not in the cards at this time. So we want to take a look at those unreasonable goals. Goals are very important and I am personally very goal oriented. However, it's really important that when we start establishing goals in our life that we have a roadmap, that we have a plan 
plan. Our goals are reasonable. They're manageable. They're actionable. And we take a look at our goals in bite-sized chunks so that we can better manage them. We have time-bound goals. We need to know when to cut the losses or are we even on track with our goals? Maybe we need to reassess them and come up with a whole nother timeline. So being flexible and being able to change our goals is something else that we want to explore. And I know that may seem silly, that it might seem like it would be a natural thing to do, but I often work with clients where they have these rigid goals in place and they're not reasonable and it's causing a lot of stress in their life. I am aware of a theory out there that says that if we have enough time, we can do anything and we should not be under any stress. However, I don't necessarily tend to agree with that. I believe that we can have stress in those other six categories that we touched on earlier, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with time. I do believe in proper time management and I think time is important. How can we manage our time better to alleviate some stress in our life? Well, we can have to-do lists. It's really important that we get our thoughts out of our head and down on paper. It helps us really assess and analyze what we need to do and how we're going to manage that and how we're going to get it done. Also, being organized is very important when it comes to time management. As we touched on earlier in another podcast regarding decluttering and being organized, When we're organized and we declutter, we can actually come up with more time in our day. We know exactly where our things are and we're not stressed out about it. Another area to really take a look at as well is just, you know, having those time limits. We also need to know when to cut our losses and just walk away. That would have been me last night when I was frustrated because I had lost my podcast and I was spending probably too much time on trying to recover files. Sometimes you just have to cut those losses and walk away a bit. Regarding time, it's also important to be efficient and work smarter and not harder. So really take a look at how you're spending your time and if it's working for you instead of against you. All right, so stress isn't just going to magically just disappear in our life. We're always going to have some form of stress. But when we do see stress popping up in our life, we can take some of these great quick tips and we can utilize them, but it's also really important that we take actionable steps. So make sure that you're doing the work that's necessary to put in to rid yourself of some stress in your life. What if I said your thoughts are causing you stress? Would you believe that? I know it sounds a little bit crazy, right? Well, as I touched on before, the majority of our thoughts are actually useless thoughts. So really try to hone in and notice on what are you thinking about? Is it just useless, random stuff? Perhaps, but our negative thoughts could be causing us stress. Negative thoughts can actually become a reaction to fear and that can actually cause us stress. So it's really important that every day we start out in the morning by creating positive mindsets and rewiring our brain and creating new positive neuropathways in our brain. An excellent technique to do that would be before you even get out of bed in the morning and have time to dwell on something in the past or start creating those crazy stories about what might happen in the future, start creating positive neural pathways by going over what you're grateful for before your feet even hit the floor. So start off with a gratitude list of maybe anywhere from one to four things and really deeply feel what you're grateful for. 
your intention setting would be similar to manifesting a nice, calm, relaxing day, visualizing yourself doing whatever that needs to be done throughout your day and setting out some really good intentions. You can wrap up your day by journaling. Journaling is an amazing way to really help you identify any triggers that you may have in your life that are causing you stress. Also helping with emotional release and processing as well as problem solving. When you're journaling, you should be unplugging and really just being present with your thoughts. I really like handing my stress over to the universe and calling upon my spirit team, my angels, to help me out with anything that may be causing me a great deal of stress in my life. I think it's really important to let go of what you can't control and hand it on over to someone else that can help you out with that. Another fun little thing to do would be to have a blessing bowl or a little prayer box. You can write out things that you need help with to help you overcome the stress in your life and put it into that little prayer box or that blessing bowl and just give it off to the universe and take it off your own back for a moment. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about blue zones. Blue zones are areas in the world where people live to be the oldest as well as the healthiest and happiest. One thing that is in common with all of those that are in those blue zone areas, by the way, I believe there's only seven of them. That's off the top of my head, so don't quote me on that. But one of the commonalities within blue zones is the fact that they have a basically a 95% plant-based diet. So again, eating those really healthy fruits and vegetables and whole grains. They're active in these areas. So going back to that exercise and having an active, healthy lifestyle. They're outdoors quite a bit in these regions, as well as they have a very moderate intake of alcohol consumption. They get plenty of sleep in these blue zone areas. As a matter of fact, they even tend to nap. Here's another thing that I found quite fascinating about blue zone areas, which is the fact that they have some sort of ritual or spiritual practice in their day-to-day life. They also feel that they have a life purpose and they have a very healthy social network. Okay, so I want to also recommend that if we are going to take the stress seriously and take action with our stress, you may find it very beneficial to have an accountability buddy Just let someone, a friend or family member or somebody that you know will hold you accountable and let them know that you're ready to make some life changes and de-stress a bit. Let them know what actions you'll take and have them help you keep on track with your stress. Perhaps it can even be someone that can help you make sure that you have a nice, calm, quiet place to meditate or provide you with some me time or help you watch the kids while you have some me time or some self-care time. And that would go back to ensuring that you are able to ask for help and delegate. Okay, today I've provided you with several little tips and tools that you can use and take away to help you with your stress management process. In wrapping up, I'd also like to point out that those are quick tips and those are quick techniques that you can use in your life. However, stress can be very serious and sometimes it's not just as easy as putting a little band-aid or incorporating a quick tip or tool in your life. If you're looking for long-term help or assistance with your stress, I do offer a seven-week personal stress relief now coaching program, and you can reach out to me if you're interested. But if stress is showing up and having some major adverse effects on your life, please be sure to reach out to a healthcare professional. 
I do believe that the universe has a plan. We have soul contracts and a life purpose, but there's also divine intervention and free will as well. Sometimes our soul purpose is off the rails and we are in alignment and we are thrown a curve ball so that we can get back on track. For me, it was the big wake up call that my hormones were completely out of whack and my cortisol was off the chart. It was time for me to leave behind the corporate grind and follow my true passion. So stress isn't always a bad thing. And perhaps it's the universe telling you that you need to shift gears a little bit. Stress always isn't a bad thing. And sometimes we just have to find that silver lining. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. It really helps us reach more listeners. If you want to connect, please drop your comments below or visit GretchenSmithCoaching.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at GretchenSmithCoaching or Facebook at Spiritual Life Management. Additional information on this episode can be found below in the show notes.